Welcome to the Bite Size Book Club podcast, She Well Read. We're your hosts, Alana and Samra, and we're two black girls in our mid-20s who are on a journey to get back into reading. Our goal is to encourage women to not only read any and everything, but to also read at your own pace. Each episode, we take a bite-sized approach to reading by breaking down one chapter of a book and diving into a multitude of topics. We see reading as a source of empowerment and want to bring people together through shared experiences and provide a platform that promotes reading as a source of empowerment. Thanks for being here and let's get on to the show. Cousins, hello. Yeah, yeah. you know we all cousins. <laughs> you black, you a cousin. It's just basic principles. <laughs> it's I'm like, not my cousin, Sal. Exactly, that ain't your cousin though. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Whew. All right. Hello, well read baddies, and welcome to another episode of She Will Read. I'm Alana. And I'm Samra. And things are going to be real quick today because we had a little studio mix up, which is fine. <laughs> we're going to make it work. Yep. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen, but we're going to get straight to the point. We're flexible. We're flexible. If you have never been here before, hi, welcome in. We are the Bite Size Book Club podcast where every season we're dissecting one book, chapter at a time for each episode. Bite Size, that's where it comes from. Uh, I'm Alana. I'm Sam. She's Samra. Like we said, we're the host of this show, hey. um, and we're gonna start off with our shout out corner, as we always do, which is where we shout out all the things and where you can find us. You can follow us everywhere at She Wall Red. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave comments on our videos. We do see them and we do respond. Uh, we also have a Patreon, which we just released our first Patreon episode. Applause. Applause. Instead of applause. <laughs> Uh, so if you are on our well-read baddie for I keep saying well-read baddie for real maybe we should just change it at this maybe point <laughs> at the moment it's called well-read for real tier then you have access to this episode and let us know what you think because you can also leave comments on that and have a discussion with us you love to see it <laughs> we're excited we're very excited it's called the double enchilada here for it that's the <laughs> episode title not the thing anyway all right Continuing on, be sure to support this season's partners. You can find all the discount codes listed in the description. And we also have a very new, exciting partner that we'll talk more about next episode. And we are very excited for this. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Seasoning. Se- what? Seasoning. Oh, like a little seasoning. <laughs> yeah, a little. A little. Like, just get ready. Just a tip. Cut <laughs> <laughs> it. <laughs> Um, coffee break, which is usually where we either talk about something in pop culture, something happening in the world, or just our lives in general. But we're skipping that today because we need to get right on into it, where we will get, get into, into the chapter. I'm okay. weak. Why, why I'm more weak at us than usual? <laughs> because I'm like like a freaking auction person. <laughs> that's, like, that's what I feel like I sound like. I feel like you're triggering my fight or flight response. <laughs> That's your fight or flight response. <laughs> I'm like, ready to run, ready to rumble. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So today we are ending. I'm glad my mom died. We are finishing and starting with chapter 85, which is on Ooh. page, what page is this? Hello? I had this. Oh, 288. Yeah, because the next one didn't have one. So I was like, wait, hello? It's just two chapters on two pages. Right. Um. Do you want to go or I can go? Which, which, what are we doing? You start. All right, cool. Let's go. It's cold and heavy in my hands. Okay, let me stop. <laughs> that is how it starts, though. It sounds super 
like ominous oh. well it just it sounds like i don't oh, know sexual yeah <laughs>
was having acid reflux like mm. crazy like i couldn't keep food down in certain times especially when my anxiety was so bad mm-hmm. that it was so hard for me to gain weight and like mm-hmm. i didn't have the the medicine i have now yeah and i didn't know like i had never been to therapy i didn't know really didn't how the tools. to deal with it <clears throat> yeah so it didn't Excuse go me. well and i was struggling and so that number you know yeah but now i'm thinking about it and i don't ever step on my scale you know it That's doesn't good. define me yeah so See, meanwhile me over here <laughs> but like i feel like mine comes like from a, yeah i feel like the journey of weight though it's like it's yeah sometimes it's like yeah the ebb and flow it's not yeah. like a destination you know because mm-hmm. things always are changing yeah like you can get to a certain weight and then you have kids you know what i mean and then it's like it starts all over that's like the first example that popped in my head but like yeah, there's so many anything. other things right, right right so it is a constant just you know or up seasonal and down. even yeah yeah to be honest or even because i'm on my cycle right now you gain like your mm. weight is not the same even leading up to your cycle and after your cycle you're right yeah it's you just, can gain like 10 pounds just in like the water weight and shit yeah it's just very it's not singular it's it's so not it's so not so the fact that she's developing this relationship with her scale or i should say undeveloping this relationship with her scale because she even ends it and she said the next day comes and goes and i don't get a new scale i know that was you amazing love to see moving on 86 all right so this is a relationship chapter yeah (laughs) yeah it's like each chapter is like a specific theme or topic if you will yeah this one is so interesting um they are in a swan boat on echo park lane her and steven her and her boyfriend Mm -hmm. yes Steven. I still haven't listened to the song. Oh, that was going to be my next question. I keep going. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, darn. You know, the relationship came and went and I never listened. I guess you didn't make that much of an impact on me, Steven. I'm so weak. But Steven and her have been sitting in this boat for a little bit and they haven't really said a word. Mm-hmm. And Steven has been staring out into the distance mm-hmm. in a sort of wistful depressed stance (laughs) yeah i can't say that word right now stance and he's just um he's been really contemplative these days is what she says about steven Mm -hmm. and she says not in a productive way like he's getting his life together and just thinking about things and like realizing things (laughs) as you do sometimes but in a way that leads to nowhere Mm -hmm. so where he might just be like just kind of wallowing in yeah they're both kind of just floating in this relationship yeah and i wrote tiktok in the notes next to it because i was like i feel like sometimes he says that it she says it's the way that makes your wheels spin and your thoughts keep going in circles but there's no forward movement and i was Mm. like it just made me think about scrolling through tiktok and there's like no forward movement in your life but you're just on this loop that like really leads nowhere but i mean social media in general yeah (laughs) so that was just a little note in my in my first i was like tiktok and the banamic sense i'm glad glad we circled we got to this destination yep okay so she's like i've tried so long to help steven and she's kind of gotten she's given up 
at this point. Mm -hmm. She even mentions that she's like, was I trying to help him or control him? I'm not really sure. And she says, which since they're so closely related, she's like, she's not sure. That's why. And I never thought about that before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is that toxic? Like, is that even, is that true? A little bit. I never really thought about that. Yeah. But like if they ask for help, then it's not like that. Right? I don't know. Controlling through helping? Like I've never thought about it as like a control. I like, yeah. It's, I feel like it's not intentional. Maybe that's the word. <laughs> but like it could still like just because you don't like it's just like when somebody's like, oh, like they say something and you're like, well, that yeah, that statement just hurt my feelings. It's like, well, that wasn't my intent. Yeah. But it's like you still have to validate what you did. Yeah. It's like you still hurt somebody's feelings, though. And like they like you still controlled this person, even though that might not be what you wanted to do or your oh. intentions. OK, I'm, I'm getting where you're coming from. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that that can happen. OK, well, period. <laughs> she um, she gave up. Right. So <laughs> we're happy for her because it has been a little much having her try to like bring Steven along places because he can't go a minute without smoking weed. And he's just been in this phase where he's like super hung up on life and like thinks nothing matters, I guess. Yeah. And kind of like we talked about last chapter, it was like, she was almost doing more for him than he was doing he's for her. He's not doing anything for himself or her yeah, or him. That was, yeah, we were like, we said the two. And things. that was a yeah. good point that like she brings up in this chapter is like, mm -hmm. she's like, I'm, tr I'm trying to, solve his problems and it's taking away from the time that I could be solving my own problems. Mm -hmm. And that's what our therapist is telling her, but she's finally right. on board. Mm -hmm. And she said, basically once she stopped trying to help Steven and honestly, she realized that he was trying to help her at one point with her eating disorder. And they've just always been like pulling each other up and trying to get each other, each other to like man up and walk the walk that they want them to be walking. But like, they're never just existing and being honestly like in a relationship. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because she's like, we have nothing to talk about anymore. And that's why they've been sitting in this boat for five minutes without saying anything. Yeah. It's like they lost what they had of a relationship. And now it's more just like a chore. <sighs> yeah. Which is hard. It's so sad. Mm -hmm. But their love story was so beautiful. It so was. it's so sad to like see all the love drained out. Yeah. And I feel like the love part still it's still there it's just it's the relationship itself is no longer serving either party and yes. it's like they need to go their separate ways to yes. the betterment of each other and it's even toxic in the sense that jeff her therapist gave her some materials to read and it was about codependency and she was reading it and she's like um I just resonated with every like a lot more than I thought I would. Mm -hmm. And she realizes they're in a codependent relationship. But if you think about it, she unknowingly had a codependent relationship with her mom. So it's almost the only thing she knows Ooh. how to do relationship wise. Like Ooh, that's been yeah. her like, you know, yeah. framework for relationships. It's easy. To, it's so much easier to f just if you just rely on if you don't like diligently keep up with your I guess mental and stuff. Mm -hmm. it, it is easy to fall into the traps of your parents. It just, I feel like yeah. it's a generational thing. I feel like people just continue generationally to struggle with the same stuff mm -hmm. because it's 
easier to not deal with it in a way sometimes than it is to, or you may not even know have the education to be like oh i should deal with this right right exactly so they are all of that to say like the glue of the relationship they're like they just the spark it's gone and so they both kind of know what they're here to do. Yeah, it's like a, a mutual breakup, Loki. She breaks the silence finally and says, Steven, and it jogs him out of his trance. And he looks at her and he doesn't, she doesn't even have to say anything. He starts crying. She starts crying. And they hold each other and they cry together for a second. And mm. they're so pedaling. This swan boat. This giant <laughs> fucking bird boat, yeah. in her words. <laughs> Yeah, which I was like, that's, that's a so crazy weak. picture. Yeah, crazy it picture. is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> to see, to think about my mind. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Okay, on to eighty-seven. Her Netflix show is done. Done so. Yeah, I is it on Netflix still? Like, I need to figure this I out. I meant to look. Damn it! Now that you say that, I was like, that was on my to-do list to go look and see if it's even still available. Because it's two seasons. But wasn't it like I an Australian Netflix? And like you know, the Netflixes are different. Like we have have stuff that other Netflix, yeah, countries don't. don't you know what sure. I mean? So well I, well, I don't know. We can still look. I don't know. We can still look. I don't know because she said she went to go promote the Australian one, but I think she was on the American one too. Oh no, this is still the no? Australian one. This is all really? still the same show. Oh, yeah, like okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically. Her, she's getting on a call with all of her many agents that we found out a few chapters ago that she has like five different agents and they all do different things, but she has no idea what each of them singularly do. And they're all clicking into this call and basically like, hey, we got bad news. Your show got canceled. And she's like, it's bad news to y'all, but Loki, I'm relieved because we find out she's promised herself that if it got picked up for another season, she would do it. But if not, like, this would kind of be her break that she's going to be taking from acting, mm-hmm. which she tells her agents and they're like, oh, like, <laughs> are you sure? Like, you know, don't make any rash decisions almost. And she's like, yeah, no, like, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> they're like, okay, well, if you change your mind, we'd love to send you out for some more roles. And she's like, I'll let you know. And, you know, it's a few awkward goodbyes. And basically, she describes it as an 18-year career ended in a two-minute phone call. Ooh. Which just tells you just how much she just was not invested in this thing. Mm. Like, it really didn't matter. I mean, it's like a huge thing, like a, a chapter closing. But, like, she's almost more relieved than anything else. I love that for her. That she I chose too. this. Mm-hmm. That she put her health first. Right. Exactly. Yeah. She even says, I feel at peace with the, with the decision. And, you know, first it took her a lot of mulling over with Jeff, which can I just say that this is proof of that when you are first doing therapy and going to therapy, if the first person doesn't work out, that's okay. That's so On true. To the next. That is so 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 true. Because therapy is like forming another relationship. It has to be the right fit for both people for it to work mm. and actually be effective. 
Yeah, it's so disappointing when it doesn't work. Yeah, and disheartening. Yeah, it's so annoying to have to look for a doctor mm-hmm. at all in general. And the whole insurance side of it, making sure they're oh in network. Gosh, you you're know, all calling the all these people. Mm-hmm. But it's so worth it once you it do is. find the right it's fit. A, true, true. It so, can change your life. It can. So I just wanted to call that out. And so she's, she even describes it as a resentful, she's resentful of the fight and exhausted with it, the fight of keeping her career alive. Mm. Um, so she's finally taking some control of it. And she's even taking control with her relationship with food. And the healthier that relationship becomes, the more unhealthier a career acting seems for her. It's almost like she's getting that clarity. <laughs> it just reminded me of when you were like, post that clarity. In what episode? <laughs> I don't even remember which one, but that shit was funny. Um, And so, yeah, she's just like, you know, stepping away from it. She's feeling like she's getting control back into her life and her life's in her hands, not an eating disorder or a casting director or an agent or her mom's. But hers. Yes, Jeanette! <laughs> Jeanette McCurdy! Literally screaming that the whole time reading this. I'm so fucking happy to be here. Yes. 88. 88. Okay, you guys. It's her 26th birthday! Woo! Which I was like, we're 26! I know, right? So that's crazy. That really, well, you're... Okay, anyway. I'm almost. Almost. Whatever. Damn near. I'm 26 <laughs> in so- spirit. I'm so weak. Eight, that nine months pregnant, that's pussy Girl, over. Girl, c- come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they are at Disney World. And by they, I mean her and Miranda. We love to see it. Miranda Cosgrove, iCarly. <laughs> Carly. Yes. She's Carly. Um, and they've been friends for years at this point. They share a huge part of their life together. And they're just having this sweet moment. And, um... Miranda gets her the perfect present and the perfect card and she has the perfect handwriting and the perfect jokes. Perfect, perfect, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that could be another episode title. Thank you, guys. But um, they are at Disney World and they're staying there thanks to Grandpa, which shout out to him shout always. Shout out to the world. Yes, he he got them a hell of a discount. Mm -hmm. And so Miranda's basically just asking her what do y'all want what do you want to do first do you want to go into disney world or do you want to go to dinner and she's uh janette is like i want to go to disney world Mm -hmm. but she points out that anytime someone makes her choose between doing something that involves eating and doing something that does not involve eating she's always going to choose the part the event that does not involve eating because she thinks that the whole process of eating right now is complicated. Mm -hmm. It has been for her for the majority of her life. So it's just habit at this point. It triggers her and she doesn't want to deal with it if she doesn't have to. Yeah. But we find out that like she's been doing so well with her bulimia that like it's not even technically bulimia anymore. I was like, that's true. No, that's so true. But she's still... She's still hard on herself for it, which is the thing he said that a lot of people with this disease are to themselves, which is like, like a they're perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And so she's like this person who sometimes exhibits bulimic behavior instead of consi- being considered bulimic still doesn't sound great to her. Mm-hmm. She says she's glad at least that when she does have a slip, that slips no longer turn into spirals or slides. 
which is right so exciting exactly like <sighs> the growth babe the growth. wow Ooh, another one okay, but she stop. wants to be sturdier <laughs> and more confident in her recovery like yeah. looking back at a past thing that happened to her versus like still kind of dealing with it in the thick of things yeah she calls um or she so they go into they go into Disney World and she's been using this disguise. So she puts on her little disguise and they hop on Space Mountain and then they go on a few more rides. And then eventually her stomach starts growling and they are like, OK, it's it is time. Yeah. <laughs> and Miranda, she mentions, knows all about her food issues and she has known since early in her recovery, which kind of makes Miranda hyper aware of Jeanette's anxieties when she is around her Jeanette feels like she's being watched by Miranda and she is just like I want to get this eating over with and hopefully like I don't purge so she orders something really healthy she orders like a salmon Mm -hmm. Um, but there's this guacamole and chips for the table that just gets her like really distracted and she mentions that her brain has like this, I guess, weird thing when it comes to eating. Just mm-hmm. in general, I mean, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> it's like what <laughs> an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. So um, she just mentions that anytime there's food involved in a, you know, like a conversation over food, the food is always like having a conversation with her too. Almost mm-hmm. that's distracting. It's almost like they're not alone, like her and Miranda right now. So she is um, trying to just she's just hoping that this will eventually go away with time. And um, she can just tell Miranda's watching her. And so she's reminding herself to chew slowly and to act normal. But then she excuses herself to go to the bathroom and does, you know what, in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. She also mentions that she checks all the stalls and she's learned from like this other time where she got caught doing this by a van and it was not good. And mm-hmm. she's just like um, super um, diligent. Yeah, yeah. About this. <laughs> she's like an ex- she's a like a master. She's a master. She, knows, at she this. has a routine. She she's been doing this for years. This mm-hmm. she knows what the fuck's going on, <laughs> and she just also kind of reflects and she's thinking about what she told Jeff or something Jeff told her, and he said, "You don't want to be forty five at the office Christmas party with three kids and a mortgage, sneaking into the bathroom to puke up the artichoke dip." So she's like thinking about that because you know she's you know still being very hard on herself she's getting older and yes she's getting older so she's like i think about my mom and i don't want to be her she doesn't want to be in her midlife like living off steamed vegetables and still doing these things to keep herself thin she said she just um she's just like making a pact with herself that she's going to get better and not be like her mom, which I was like, yes, another win. Another one. Um, on to 89. She's writing. We are at a Christmas party. Um, and she has described it that, you know, her agents dropped her after they realized that her break wasn't going to be short lived (laughs) from acting. And she's also, 
you know, craving some food. And so she's looking around at the buffet and she sees cheeseburgers, but she's like, nah, that's not what I want right now. I want something sweet. And then she sees the chocolate chip cookie and she's like, perfect. So she's eating. She's realizing that like, this is something she would not let herself eat before. And the fact that she's not making a big deal out of it is like also a big deal because it's just like more natural feeling. It's huge for her recovery. Yeah. And uh, she said it's been difficult, you know, with the bulimia and the alcohol ridden years and everything's very different and everything's difficult, but it's a, a kind of difficult she can have pride in. And she thinks about, you know, going up to Dwayne Rock Johnson because he just always seems to be at these things. <laughs> and she thinks about going to talk to him, but she gets really anxious about it. And so she's trying to think of something witty to say. <laughs> and she just cannot come up with the right thing. And she just goes back to eating her cookie and enjoying her cookie. The thing I loved about this chapter is she said she pays attention to what she feels these days. Instead of just doing, I guess, what she thinks she has to do. Right, right. So you love to see it. You do. Chapter 90. Oh, Lord. Okay. Jeanette's in her mid or her late 20s now. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that she said something that was pretty insightful. She said at the beginning of the decade, the people I was close to seemed like friends for for life. People I could never imagine not seeing every day. But life happens. Love happens. Love loss happens. Change and growth happen at different paces for people. And sometimes the paces just don't line up. And, and that's what happened with her and Miranda. But we talked about this, like seasonal friendships. You brought it up. Like, and it's so okay. Yeah, it's fine. I it's, think it doesn't mean you don't like friendships in a yeah. way. You know, like not even the point of them because there's of different them. types of friendships. Right. But right. There's, and that's a, yeah. Season one. <laughs> season one, man. Season, yeah. Um, but she is. Receiving a call from her girl. Miranda. Miranda. And it's been a long time since they've talked. So she's like, hey. And Miranda's like, hey. And they just crack up. Like, they're just having, you know, it's just like, you know, my old my old girl. Fun times. Good times. Throwback to that time. And um, <laughs> Jeanette's like, I already know what you're calling about. Because mm-hmm. Nick, ne- not Netflix, Nickelodeon's already called. The The conversations have already been stirring. Exactly. They are trying to reboot the show. So we are honestly pretty recent mm-hmm. because that reboot is happening. And apparently Still it's doing happening. well. It's really? getting picked up for more seasons and everything. Good. Love to see. I'm going to have to, re- to watch one. But Jeanette said no. Jeanette, <laughs> Jeanette's like, hell no. She even <laughs> says Miranda's trying to convince her. She's like, think about the opportunities. Mm-hmm. And Jeanette's like, I've thought this through, babe. I disagree <laughs> with the opportunity thing. It's not going to happen. It's only making me more of uh sam in this case for Mm. her like it makes you it almost solidifies that you'll you know always be reminded of someone's like lack of work in between the the show and the the old show and the new show yeah it's like Like, what did you do in between yeah (laughs) (laughs) like where's the growth honey so she says basically to miranda also that um there's just Oh, and Miranda, Miranda's like, I've even negotiated your contract and you'll make as much as I do. I fought for it for you. And Jeanette's like, there's better things. There's more important things than money, basically. Period. Yeah. She said, my mental health and happiness fall under those 
under that category. And there's just like this little moment of silence on the phone. You know, Miranda's like, that probably like, internet, <laughs> yeah, right? like can't made? argue with that. Um, and Jeanette even mentions that it's one of those rare moments where you, she felt like she didn't say too much or too little. And she re- represented herself accurately. And there's nothing she would change about the way she said it. She felt proud or she feels proud of herself in this moment. So huge win for Miss Jeanette. Huge wins. She just stays winning. And finally, we end it with chapter 51. 91. 91. Why did I say 51? Anywho. It starts with, hi, mom. And I was like, "Uh, hello? Are we looping back? But we find out that she is sitting at her mom's grave right now. um, Because remember the promise that she made her mom that she would visit every day. Uh, but she's actually not kept up with that promise. And it's almost been like a weekly kind of as she can basis. And she almost feels kind of sad for that, too, because, you know, she made this promise and now she's not keeping it and all these things. And there's this other mourner there, too, who's, you know, grieving their person. And just she likes to have more of a like private moment with this. And she's reading off all of the things that they put on her mom's tombstone, which like so many adjectives to try to describe her because they couldn't like pick a f- just a few they had to have all of these and it's just she says it's hoardy looking just like her mom's <laughs> house used to be like it's very like on ironic brand. yeah on brand <laughs> and she's like but was she any of those things was took she really though out. took me out because they were saying words or she said there's words on there like brave kind loyal sweet loving graceful strong thoughtful funny genuine like all these things I'm looking at them and I'm like, I don't, I don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. if any of those things are true. I would argue they aren't. Right. And so she starts saying, you know, why do we romanticize the dead? Why can't we be honest with them, especially moms? And she goes into how we kind of romanticize moms. Like they're these superhumans who can do no wrong, but they can't actually do wrong because they're also human at the end of the day. She made points. And she says, my mom didn't deserve a pedestal. She was a narcissist. She refused to admit that she had any problems. And she was emotionally, mentally, and physically abusive. Wow. Speak, Jeanette. And she taught me, she just goes through all the things. She taught me an eating disorder at 11 years old. She bathed me until I was 17. Like, if she was still here today, she would still be doing those things because she never apologized for it when wow. she was here. Wow. It only just got wow. worse. So it's wow. like. Wow. It did. Even in the cancer, it got right. worse. And she, down to, she never even told her who her real dad was. So it's Damn. just all of these things that she's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm not putting up with society's view of moms and having I to love bow down point. to them. Like, no, she fucked me up. And I probably would still be fucked up if she was here. So you know what? I'm never coming back. She never goes back to her mom's grave. She said, screw this. I'm I'm not mourning anything. Like, she's wow. she's dealt with the grief of losing her mom. But she's also dealt with the fact of what that came with and what that relationship was. That she's like, you know what? unhealthy so i'm ending it and that's how she ends this book wow well you guys it's been it's been a lot but we will catch you all next time at our wrap-up episode we got one more episode this season but until then i'm alana i'm sarah bye y'all bye